0: So it's good to see you here. Anyhow, it's New Year's Eve, 2023, the last few minutes of it. And I thought maybe we could, just for a few moments, if we could just look at Joshua chapter 1. And I'll just make some, hopefully some um, helpful comments on this passage. Joshua chapter 1. It was something that I was thinking a lot about, not just because of my normal course of Bible reading, but you know, I, I know I've kind of mentioned this over and over again, but you know, my my hero in the faith, Doctor Sexton, passed away a few weeks ago, and he just left a huge hole. I mean, I I still can't believe that he's gone. I I, I it was such an unexpected thing. Um, and uh, he he spoke at our conference two years ago, almost exactly at a dinner that we had there for all the speakers, and it was almost prophetic. He was making mention of the fact that, you know, we don't have that much time left, and for some of us, you know, our time is going to be up soon, and he was just saying that's just the way it goes. You know, we 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 like to talk about the people that we love who are no longer with us, and he says that's just, for some of us, That's going to be, that's the way it's going to be for us soon. But uh, as, uh, as I was thinking about him and the fact that he was one of the few preachers that I would listen to that actually put a pretty consistent and heavy emphasis on revival, which is why I was really enjoyed him so much, and on prayer as a result, because prayer and revival go together, um, I just thought, you know what, he's he's one less voice. And there is just this need to fill that vacuum. I mean, there's a vacuum. He has dropped his sword, he is gone, he has dropped his mantle, he is gone, and somebody now needs to pick that up and take it to the next to the next mile marker, as it were. And so Joshua is uh, very fitting because uh, this is when, this is at the point when Moses had died, and was there ever a, a greater human character than Moses? And it says that in verse one, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, "Moses, my servant, is dead." Now, therefore, because he's dead, arise and go. Arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all his people. Yes, he's dead. Previous generation is dying. Some of our heroes are dying. Therefore, that's our cue to arise and go. Go where? go into the promised land go into that promised land go claim the promises of God if I can say it that way but in verse 6 there's a phrase that is repeated three times and that should get our attention because that means we need to sit up and take note he says, the Lord says to Joshua now, be strong and of a good courage. In verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. It's like three times in three verses saying the same thing over and over again. Be strong and of a good courage, strength and courage for 2024. That's what I'd like to make some comments on. Strength and courage needed for 2024. Because it's mentioned three times, I'll give you three reasons why we need strength and courage. Just some simple thoughts, nothing profound here. Number one, strength and courage is needed to do something. You would think it's needed in the case of here, well, because they're about to enter into the land, they need to fight and war and it's going to be tough and bloodshed and and all that, right? That's why they need strength and courage, right? Not really, because if you read in verse 7, it actually tells you why they need strength and courage, which might surprise you. Be thou strong, very courageous, so that you can do something, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. You need strength and courage to observe to do according to all the law. That's what we're talking about. It's not because you know, you're about to fight uh, the, the enemy here. The strength and courage is needed in order to observe to do according to all the law and he doesn't stop there he says turn not from this law to the right hand or to the left don't deviate from this that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest that seems pretty clear strength and courage is needed to observe to do according to all the law. And he he goes even further in verse 8. says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Again, we're just talking about the law of, of, of the Lord here. The word of God. But thou shalt meditate therein, day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee to be strong and good courage? This is the reason this is this is the reason why we need strength and courage for twenty twenty four. Now why is it that we need strength and courage? Why do we need strength? When we're talking about the law of God, the word of God. Well because there is a natural weariness that sets in. Okay. We need strength. We need strength. When we're talking about the Word of God and even just the daily reading and the meditation of the Word of God, this takes strength. We can't do it in the arm of the strength. We're gonna need to have the Lord strengthening us for this. You've you've all probably had had your you know, your resolutions and your Bible reading resolutions and you you know, you're gonna read the Bible and and it always starts well and then it kinda peters out and then you kind of I don't know, maybe maybe it goes better for you, but for a lot of people it uh, they, they usually end in, in failure, some sort of failure. It takes strength. It does take strength. It takes strength. It is it is going against the grain of our flesh and it is the the one thing that I I just drill into our own kids and into these we support some African kids there in, in, in Kenya. We have kind of this educational scholarship for them to go to college. And one of the things that I'm pushing, pushing, pushing to them is be in the word, be in the word. Beyond this prayer call. Beyond this prayer call. But be in the word. Education is important, but in all thy getting, get understanding. And the wisdom of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. So get in the word. And it it takes it takes strength to do this but it also takes courage why does it take courage well because we're being asked to do according to all the law and that takes courage because there's a lot of things that we're going to come across in, in the Bible and, um, and our observance of it that, that will not be popular even amongst other professing believers it will not be popular so it's going to take some courage. You know, it shouldn't really be this way because we, we should want to line ourselves up with the word of God. But you know how it goes. You know, you, you, you go long enough in the, in the Christian walk or in tradition and things sort of build up around stuff that don't really need to be there you saw this at the kings, we went through the kings you saw this with, with Hezekiah you saw this uh, this with Josiah these are good kings, but they had to go in there and they had to do a lot of clean up okay they had to actually go into the temple yes, repair it, but they had to also get a lot of the garbage and junk out of there There was just a bunch of stuff in there that, that that was brought in there over time that was defiling the place and a big part of What made these kings so great was they had the courage to get rid of stuff, junk. You know, you think of the Protestant Reformation and the courage that it required, that was required for someone like Martin Luther to go into a a Catholic church that was hundreds of years in the making i might add and be preaching against all these you know the the icons and the idols and the different things that over the centuries were well-intentioned brought in to aid worship i mean that was that was the intention it was there to aid worship it's easier for people to picture things and you know all that sort of stuff but it had just grown into this massive monstrous thing what it was it was just nothing to do with Bible Christianity anyways, it took courage for the reformers to do what they did, and we you know we celebrate them. but there's always a need for that. There's always a need for for realignment with God's word i mean are are we so so naive to think that Somehow we've just reached a point where we don't need to reform anymore. It's going to take courage. Is just my point. I was actually listening to a sermon just yesterday. I think it was a very encouraging. Sermon. Um, it wasn't really a sermon. It was more of a Q and A, but it was a pastor, a young pastor, a young pastor, and he was he was examining some of the practices. Their the, their church it was a very conservative church that they were doing had been doing for probably decades or since they started and he was wondering is this really lining up with I mean why are we doing this is this and and he would like go through the Bible and try to figure out where is this in the Bible I don't actually see this here how did how did we even start doing this and he was asking those questions in a in a very gracious way but he was going back to the Word and he was just going in a very careful and really very quite encouraging way and saying this we're, we're not criticizing what they did but we don't really need to be doing this anymore because it's not lining up with the bible and so I, I was i was just encouraged by that by that the fact that that at least it was just this one example of of some courage but it it's going to take courage to observe, to do according to all the law. Our lives need to line up with the Bible, okay? Um, And um, it's going to take strength and courage to observe, to do according to all the law. Second reason why it's going to take strength and courage is because we want to avoid the failures of the past. Now, what do I mean by this? If you look in verse 9, there's like a clue as to what this strength and courage have to do with anything. Look what it says. Have not I commanded thee, verse 9, be strong and of a good courage. And here's the Hebrew parallelism. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. So, You want to just line up those thoughts, the strength and the courage versus being afraid and dismayed, or you can say discouraged. Now, this is really interesting to me because it's instructive, and I just want you to try to follow along with me. It's This is very instructive to me. What we're talking about here is fear and discouragement fear and discouragement so we need strength and courage because we want to avoid the failure of the past which was fear and discouragement and we can talk about the past generation but we could even just talk about the past year maybe our own experience but if you look at and we're not going to turn there because we're just we're just not but if you look at deuteronomy 1 in numbers 14 it actually spells out what was going on this is a generation ago now a generation ago it's like they is so this is deja vu a generation ago they were about to enter into the promised land we know the story and you had the ten spies with the evil report and Caleb and Joshua, so this is Joshua, right, 40 years later, but Caleb and Joshua 40 years back then, they were saying, we are well able to get to, to do this. And the other spies were saying, we are not able to do this. They were saying that the, the walls go up to heaven, um, the giants make us look like grasshoppers, and you had the sons of Anak there. Okay? So they were basically just kind of exaggerating the situation and making it so that the people were discouraged. It actually says in Deuteronomy that it caused the hearts of the people to become so discouraged that they couldn't enter in. This is what fear does, and it was also with fear. But what actually happens when fear and discouragement come in, I'm not going to turn there, but If you look at it yourself, these two things happened. Number one, they had really harsh thoughts about God. They started to think that God hated them. It's like, why does God hate us? Bringing us here to cause us to die in the wilderness, blah, blah, blah. Let's go back to Egypt. It was better for us back then. Never mind the whole, the great, the great, power that brought them out of Egypt and the Passover lamb and the sacrifice that had to let's go back. God hates us look at all this. This is a terrible thing what fear does it, it causes God's people to think such harsh thoughts about God. Have you ever done that? I think so where we will say God doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me but the second thing it does is it causes us not to believe God. It actually says in 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 so many words it says the Lord is is lamenting and saying these people they won't believe me. Even after I brought them with a strong arm out of Egypt, even after I showed them all those great signs in Egypt, even after we we God showed his great power with the chariots and, and all this with the Egyptian army and and they still won't believe me. It was like this it was called the great provocation. It provoked the Lord to anger. And Hebrews talks about it, the Psalms talk about it. It's the provocation. It's like this it was a really big thing. Of course, that prevented the children of Israel, from entering into the promised land. Their unbelief, and by the way, if you pick up this little detail in Deuteronomy and Numbers, it was their murmuring in the tents. In other words, it was just sort of this um, private conversation in their tents that they were saying, you know, we can't do this, we can't do this. In other words, it wasn't this open thing per se. It was maybe we could we could say it's it's we would never say it we would never blurt it out but we're thinking it that god can't or why is god doing this or these harsh thoughts or this unbelief in our hearts it was in their in the tents and it caused an entire generation to 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 lose out now the lord still was faithful to them in the wilderness, even in the wilderness, the Lord provided for their knees. Their shoes didn't wear out. He was, he was there by day and by night, guiding them, providing for them the manna from heaven and all that. But, but they did not enter into the promised land. They were wandering around for 40 years in circles, essentially. So what do we need strength and courage for? Because we want to avoid that. It's the opposite of what they experienced. Strength and courage is the opposite of fear and discouragement. Discourage. We want encourage and we want strength. The third reason I'll just say very simply why we need strength and courage is because we want to believe God's promises. We want to actually get into the promised land. It's the promised land and it's a good land. It says there. It's a good land. Well, it says actually in Deuteronomy, it says, it's a good land. Numbers again. Yes, they all admit it. It's actually a good land. It's flowing with milk and honey and, and Joshua and Caleb were trying to make a great argument. It's a great land. We can do this. God is with us. He's promised. They're like bread to us. You know, he he was like didn't matter. The discouragement was so deep that they just couldn't do it. We need strength and courage because we want to enter into God's good promises. Now, what kind of promises are we talking about? Are we talking about a promised land, like, you know, the physical land? No. Ephesians 3.20, it's been quoted a lot, actually, recently. What's that promise? Think about this. This is a good land this is a good promise, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. What is that? But that's a good land promise. That is, that is, that's the promised land right there. That's, that's a good thing. That's a good promise. But we, we want to enjoy that, don't we? We we don't want to just read that and hang it on our wall. We want We actually want to enjoy this. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That seems seems too good to be true. Don't fall into the trap of murmuring in the tents. We can't do that. We, we We can't experience that. And all the times that the Lord had proved his great love for them and his willingness and his great power by pulling them out of Egypt and showing them all those great signs. It says there in Numbers, again, you read it, I've shown them all this and they're still not willing to believe me? Well, what's our equivalent? Our equivalent is Romans 8.32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, God has already proven his love for us and his power. And we're going to doubt him? So we need strength and courage, friends, because we want to enter into the promised land. The promises of God are yea and amen, and we want to bring this list before the Lord. We want to pray for revival, though it seems impossible, but bury that unbelief and pray. We want to pray for revival in here, in our churches, and in the nations. And then we want to see the knowledge of the glory of the Lord fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. Yes. Amen.